Welcome to the Catholic Truth Podcast, where we teach and preach the truth of the Catholic faith without compromise and without apology. We want to give you high energy and non-boring Catholicism, where anyone at any time can come to know exactly what the Catholic Church teaches and why. We do apologetics, spirituality, other religions, our culture, and more. Most of all, we want to inspire you, inform you, and help you to know, love, and live your Catholic faith with purpose and passion. We are Catholic Truth. Welcome to the Catholic Truth Podcast, where we teach and preach the Catholic truth, and we are so happy that you're joining us today in this episode. This is a very interesting episode because all throughout our YouTube channel, we get a lot of anti-Catholic comments. In our social media, we get a lot of anti-Catholic, anti-Catholic hate in comments. Now, many people continually, time after time, bring out the sex scandals, bring out the sexual abuse, talk about how priests are rapists, and all of these terrible accusations against our priests. Many people will say, well, if you allowed priests to get married and you stopped this unhealthy, unnatural celibacy, then they would stop molesting little kids and they would have healthy relationships with adults. So just get rid of celibacy allow priests to marry, and the Catholic Church would actually be a better church. You'll have more priests, you'll have less abuse, and it will be better for everybody. You just need to get out of your old, outdated, superstitious ways, and you need to stop having a lot of old men in Rome tell you what to do. These are the comments we hear often, and they could not be further from the truth on so many levels. Many people will say, well, look, your priests are still abusing kids left and right, and it's all because of celibacy. I mean, all over the news, every day, you see priests abusing kids. You see bishops covering it up. You see all of these bad things happening. Get rid of celibacy. Come out of the dark ages. Join the modern world, they say, and you are going to see that the Catholic Church is going to be better. In fact, the world will be better because they won't have these creepy priests who can't keep it in their pants because they're celibate, and they're going to be better off all around. But of course, all of this can't be farther from the truth. From the beginning to the end, from the top to the bottom, this whole line of thinking is false. And in this podcast, we're going to see why. The reality is that sexual abuse, it's not an issue of celibacy. I'm going to say that again. The sexual abuse scandals and all of the sexual abuse that happened, it is not and has nothing to do with the issue of celibacy. Rather, it's a lack of it. It's a lack of celibacy. Pedophilia itself is also not an issue of celibacy. And in reality, it's a psychological disorder. It has nothing to do with celibacy. It's a psychological disorder, a mental illness. And this goes for anyone who's religious or secular. It doesn't matter. It's across the board. I know that the media, who hates the Catholic Church, would beg to differ, but statistically and otherwise, the Catholic Church has been one of the least perpetrators of any institution in the world regarding sexual abuse, and that is a fact. What the media does not often tell you is that 99% of cases that they report are old cases that have all been rehashed, that they continue to bring up and bring up and bring up. Most of them happened 30 to 50 years ago, even though they aren't even happening today, but they present them as if they are current. They present them as if it's happening now, even though it happened almost a half a century ago. Most of the priests are either dead 
or in jail or doing permanent penance in Rome or barred from ever seeing children again or many other things or fired, even though that's not the technical name for it. Most of the priests that have done these things have already been dealt with. If you don't believe me, check out the John Jay College of Criminal Justice. They're the ones who rigorously perform all of the major research on this issue. In their latest report since 2008, at least until 2014, show that there have only been about six to seven credible accusations against priests each year. And sometimes even beyond 2014 down to modern day, sometimes it's only five credible accusations against priests a year. Not 500, not 55. Out of 40,000 priests and 10,000 workers employed in the Catholic Church across our great country here in America, only a handful of priests have credible accusations being made against them. Now, obviously, to state the obvious, I mean, one case, of course, is far too much. We don't want one case, and the Catholic Church wants and has a zero-tolerance policy since 2001, but the reality is compared to everywhere else, it's very minuscule. The rates of abuse are minuscule compared to other places, showing that it's really not a problem of celibacy. And again, this isn't to justify the Catholic Church and the abuse that it did have and the evil cover-ups that did happen. We acknowledge those evil things did happen. Those evil men were present. Wolves in sheep's clothing who said they followed God but actually follow Satan, they are in reality evil, and we admit that. However, we have to look at the whole picture. Most people don't realize that the majority of all sexual abuse takes place in the family, with babysitters, with family members, uncles, and things like that. 85%, and that is where the highest abuse rate comes from. And the second highest comes from public school systems, gym teachers, coaches, uh, colleges, and things like that. And that makes up about 14% of all abuse cases. And then toward the bottom of the list, and and just to recap, 85% family, about 14% uh, public schools, and then 1%, and in fact, around less than 1% are religious institutions of which the Catholic Church is toward the bottom, believe it or not. And this goes as far as statistics and numbers, considering that the Catholic Church has 10 times the amount of people and priests in their churches than smaller churches do. So here's the point of this whole, this whole myth. If celibacy, not allowing men to marry, leads to so many uh, problems, including sexual abuse, then how does one explain the fact that families are the biggest perpetrators? How does one explain the fact that spouses and uncles and people who are married and not celibate are the biggest offenders of sexual abuse. They have sex. They have this, quote, freedom in order to have sex, and yet they are abusing people in far larger numbers than religious institutions and Catholic priests. The same can be said for public schools and colleges and gym teachers, most of whom are married. If celibacy is really the issue, then why are all these married people doing it in much higher numbers? The reality is that the rate of abuse is extraordinarily low among celibates. And in fact, even in the Catholic Church, it's only about 1.2% at the most. 1.2, not 70%, not 50% as so many people say, not 30%, only about 1.2%. And again, 
One case is too many when we want perfection because we are the Catholic Church. We represent Christ and we should, we should be held to the highest standards, even more than secular institutions. But to say that celibacy is the problem, that could not be further from the truth. It's a fabrication. And for all the people yelling and screaming at the Catholic Church that the Catholic Church needs to be cracked down on, that we have to protect the children, where is the outrage against families? Where is the outrage against the public school systems where the abuse rate is 100 times higher? Where's the outrage for that? If people were really concerned about protecting children and stopping sexual abuse, they would work to stop it anywhere it happens, wherever it happens, whether it's in religious institutions or unreligious institutions, and especially where the numbers are the highest. But what do they do? They attack the Catholic Church because they're anti-Catholic, they hate God, and they attack it where the numbers are, in fact, the lowest or of the lowest. Remember that most priests are good. They're holy. They're faithful. People like Jesus Christ, St. Paul, Mother Teresa, Pope John Paul II, Padre Pio, and many, many others were celibate. John the Baptist. I mean, we can name so many holy people down through the ages who were celibate and who saved their uh, sexuality for God. Because even in the Bible, Matthew 19, verses 12, 1 Corinthians 7, 7 through 8, and other verses all teach from Jesus and St. Paul, teach celibacy the importance of celibacy, the holiness of celibacy. And Jesus actually encourages people towards celibacy if possible. And so does St. Paul. He even encourages it over marriage. So it's not like we're forcing priests to be celibate. It's a choice that they freely choose. Many people say that there would be more priests, that there would be better priests if we allowed priests to marry. But in reality, there are Catholics who can marry as priests. In certain Eastern rites of the Catholic Church, priests can get married. And they said that they have the same crisis of priests and low numbers that we have here in the Roman Catholic rite of the Church. They also say it's more difficult to be married as a priest. And it's extremely difficult to be able to have a full-time job as a priest and do what you need to do and have a full-time family. And they said it's really, really difficult. So just because priests could get married, possibly, doesn't mean the problems are going to go away. And it doesn't mean that it's going to make anything any better. Most people don't know that since 2001, the Catholic Church has taken many steps to overcome the sexual abuse that happened, to try to make sure that it never happens again. They reformed seminaries. They reformed the priesthood. They put many uh, checks in place to make sure that these things don't happen again. Just for example, to name a couple, they anybody who works with kids in the Catholic Church now has to go through a training called protecting God's children. And in this training, you learn how to spot and identify and report any kind of sexual uh, abuse or anything else at all. And if you work deeper, like in the Catholic schools and you're around children all the time, then you have to go through additional trainings uh, in regard to the same thing. And these have helped a lot. Now they have, everyone has to get background checks. You have to be checked out and made sure that you are not sketchy, that you have a good history and that sort of thing. That's great. And what people don't know is that most of the sexual abuse was not pedophilia. People keep saying that, oh, you're priest rape kids, priest rape kids. The majority, 85% or more of all of the sexual abuse cases had nothing to do with children. Even in Chicago, which was a hot 
deathbed for sexual abuse. After the research and the statistics had been done on it, hardly any of the cases were actually children. Most of them were a febophilia, which were older kids, and the majority of them were homosexual acts, and some of them were also acts against women or inappropriate touches and things like that, but very few were actually against children. All sexual abuse is wrong. All sexual abuse is evil. We're just trying to split hairs here to what the facts really are and other things that people don't realize. So, for example, yes, it's true that priests were moved around back in the day, but they also thought back in the day, everybody, not just Catholics, but non-Catholics, secularists, uh, psychiatrists, people thought that pedophilia and sexual abuse um, mentalities could be cured. Now we know today that sexual abuse, pedophilia, it can't be cured. Pedophilia is incurable. It's a it's a mental disease, but we didn't know that back then. And back then we had people like the scumbag Alfred Kinsey, who was doing all the statistical research then, and he was polling people who were rapists. He was interviewing people and getting statistics from people who were in prisons, child abusers, and he was saying that pedophilia and this sort of thing was normal. And this some of the psychiatrists and some of the sexual content coming out back then was evil and was crazy and was filtering down into the practices of psychology. And so many times priests did go to counseling after they abused people because they thought at the time they could get better. And they were cleared as healthy and reported for duty. And these were the secular people who were sending them back to the church saying they're healthy, and so they would get reassigned to another parish. The church wasn't only just trying to cover their butt, although that was the case in many instances. The reality is that many priests were actually thought to be cured, and then when they did it again, it was another big scandal all over again. And we just tell you this to let you know the whole story. The whole story that you're not going to hear from the media, the whole story that you're not going to hear from the critics, the whole story that you're not going to hear from anti-Catholic rhetoric. There's so much more behind the scenes that people don't realize. And this is all important for coming to know and realize the truth, because until we know what the truth is and what the problems are, you can't fix the problems. And the Catholic Church has gone through great lengths to try to fix the problems, to try to make sure that this doesn't happen again, which is why nowadays in 2020, the Catholic Church is one of the safest places, especially here in America, it's one of the safest places for children and for people in general. As we said, it's the public schools that have an abuse rate of 100 times higher, and somebody might want to start looking at that. And to be fair, some people have started to call out the public schools, have started to call out the problems there, the the lies, the hiding. And and this goes for other churches too. I mean, Mormons uh, were ordered by police to give records and the police demanded uh, different records and things that they thought happened that involved children. I mean, Mormons were getting complaints that they were abusing children. And when the police requested the files, the Mormons refused to cough them up. Nobody talks about the Pentecostal brother pastors, two pastors who molested 99 children each. And I mean, we could go down the line of all these different churches that have problems in sexual abuse, but you don't hear about it because the Catholic Church is the one who is the target of anti-Catholicism. It's the one that's the target of the media's rage, of the our, our culture's rage. And there is anti-Catholicism in this country. In fact, if you want to read more about this topic, 
There is a book by Philip Jenkins on priests and pedophiles, and he is one of the foremost experts in the world on this topic. And he has a whole chapter on all the anti-Catholicism that is in this country, and it's the last, in a sense, acceptable prejudice, he says, in this country. Now, this is from a non-Catholic who is just looking at all of the statistics, all of the truths, and you can see them for yourself. If you don't believe me, check out his book, uh, Priests and Pedophiles by Philip Jenkins. It's very enlightening, and it shows that hardly any priests over the last 50 years, in comparison to the amount that we've had, have been perpetrators. So this is the truth, and we want the truth to set us free. Thank you so much for listening. Please check out our YouTube channel and follow us on social media if you want more daily inspirations. You can see that in our show notes below. And if you can, support our ministry, for it is you who help us to exist, to grow, to save souls, and to save lives. May God bless you, and may God love you. (music) 